Who do you want to be? Icon, 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 icon. Stop. An iconoclast. Shifting reality. Shaping it into something bigger. Innovating. Breaking the rules. Oh, I dare you. I dare you to increase the standard. To wear the badge of excellency. To operate past the ceiling of potential. And if you choose to be anyone, choose to be iconoclast. Because this, this is a place where we build you so that you can build the world. A place that is tailored for icons. Welcome to Iconoclast. Sending shoutouts with shoutouts to you. My name is Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, the head of the Amadi Ahaneku family. And this, this is Iconoclast, the podcast that is tailored for icons. Before we start and just start it off, I have been reading a poem by Charles Bukowski. It's called Roll the Dice and it goes as follows. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe your mind. Go all the way. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision, mockery, isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it, despite rejection and the worst odds, and it will be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will flame with fire. Do it, do it, do it, do it. All the way, all the way. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter, It's the only good fight there is. Such a beautiful poem. And I believe that it's so beautiful because in essence, it it really just epitomizes my life. It puts everything into perspective and everything just makes sense after reading it. I've realized that there is a fulfillment that comes with understanding what you must do. And doing it anyway. Or sometimes you don't even understand it. But you still have to do it. You still push through. And I believe that. Oh in fact I have seen. That there is such a. Quintessential beauty. To it. There's a. It's, it's really just a. An unimaginable experience. To be at a place. In fact a friend of mine wrote about it. On one of her posts this week. And. It's such a beautiful experience to be at a place where you're so fulfilled with your life. And that's because you were doing you were doing the things that you're supposed to do. And what I've realized really with my life is that my most happiest moments are the moments where I am deep within a project. I am deep within work. And I'm sure I've said this before. There is a fulfillment that surpasses happiness that fills the heart with so much joy and it pours out 
You become such an asset to the people around you because you're pouring out inspiration and not negativity. And I've realized there's there's quite a significant difference between people who are following their dreams and are doing the things that they're supposed to do and the people who are just going with the flow of life, who are who are letting life dictate how they live, how they move, how they exist. What I've seen and what I've come to understand is that people who live within their purpose have a certain sense of inspiration that pours out of them in opposition to people who are not in the places they'd rather be or who are not doing the things that they love because there's a certain negativity and a negativity to life as a whole that comes with not doing the things that you want and i know that we all have we all have our reasons and I remember I, I was listening to this this interview and this other guy said that pursuing your dreams is a luxury. And I hope, I, I wish it wasn't, but realistically, there is an aspect of it that might be a luxury, that might be a privilege, right? That not many people may have. Because of various reasons, we have jobs, we have mouths to feed, we have people we love that we have to provide for. Totally understand. But my point is, there is a difference in the inspiration and energy that comes out of people who love what they do and the people who don't. I have made a vow to surround myself with people who give off this energy who express their passions in the wildest way ever people who take their time to be themselves in the things that they love and people who do what they love because it's such an inspirational thing once upon a time very long time <laughs> ah ah it's bringing back a lot of memories but there was a time when i used to hang out with an artist and one time she allowed me to experience the whole process of creating art and that's really how I got into art she allowed me to experience the ups and downs of creating art I have to say it is one of the best moments of my life not only because the art was amazing it was but the process on its own is inspirational on a phenomenal level I believe that there is that process is so mind-blowing that it changed my life it changed how i looked at life how i how i approached my dreams my goals my aspirations everything changed because i saw and i got a chance to bask in the motivation, in the inspiration, in the processes that come with creating art, the processes of bringing life, our passions, our dreams, our inspirations. The process of bringing to life our passions, our dreams, our aspirations. And I wish that I wish that we all could get a chance just once in our lives to experience that, to see the beauty of it. Wow. I can't believe, I can't believe. Ah, Wow, I'm, having, I'm even getting emotional. <laughs> but anyway, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I hope that we all get to experience once in our lives. 
Today, I want us to talk about imposter syndrome. So I have been taking part in a project. This is quite a very big project for me. In fact, it had the capacity to change the trajectory of me and of my entire life. Maybe not my entire life, maybe just this coming year and how I had planned it I had planned for it to go, right? And while I was going through this project, I realized that I went into some sort of dip. But this dip was not because I was incompetent. This dip was not because I couldn't do the work. I was well equipped to do the work. Not to mention the fact that I've actually been doing this for the past four years or so. So it got me thinking, what is this reason? Why did I go through this dip? And after meditating and journaling, I figured it out. It was imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is when you undermine or undervalue your achievements because you feel like you are not qualified enough to have those achievements. Or usually people think that it was just luck and... They don't think that they have the capacity to have achieved such achievements. So they downplay themselves. And while they do that, they also downplay their achievements. That is essentially what imposter syndrome is. It manifests itself in different ways. And in this instance, it manifested as fear. Fear of failure, to be specific. And when I was thinking about it, It came to me. I don't think I can do justice to this explanation if I don't read it out loud. So let me read it out to you. It's an excerpt for my for my journal and it says, I am so appreciative of this. I am appreciative of the support that I got from my people. I really did put a lot into this and this was such a huge burden for me. Honestly, it was draining me. The possibility of failure actually stopped me from giving it everything I have. Failure is such a strong concept. The threat of it really pushed me towards it. I never really understood what was happening. Then it creeps into the other parts of my life. I felt demotivated and lost. But in actual fact, I was just afraid of the possibility of failure. What the threat of failure did is that it created a lens whereby all the things I did were now perceived from this lens. This lens of the possibility of failure. And in turn, it affected almost every part of my life and my work. Every other part of my life and my work. That's the excerpt. So what failure did is that I believed that I was not capable. That was the first step, right? The first step was that I believed I was not capable. And then I started acting within that mindset. So much so that my lack of belief in myself brought about the fear of failure so much that it pushed me towards failure. And I almost failed. Almost didn't meet the deadline. Almost didn't pitch well. Almost didn't do what I was supposed to do. And not because I was not capable. I definitely, I have been doing this for such a long time. 
for the first time, not even for the first time, let me not lie, but this time, I just couldn't. I just felt like what I had was not enough. I just felt like all the experience that I have meant nothing. I really just didn't understand it. But then I thought, it actually is imposter syndrome. I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one who thinks that they're not good enough. Even though they've been doing this for a very long time. I know I'm not the only one who thinks they're not qualified enough. Who thinks that they are not worthy. Who undermines the work that they put out. Who thinks that they can do better even though they gave everything they have. Who never trusts what they have to give. I know how it feels. Because this is something that I've been dealing with for a very long time. And the thing is, the more you do, the more is required from you. And the more space or the more you give imposter syndrome a platform. Because I know for a lot of the, a lot of the talking or the speaking engagements that I've been to, there's a time where <laughs> never told anyone about this, but there was speaking once and right before I went up on stage, I almost stood up and left. I almost left. <laughs> I almost left the engagement because I believe that oh, at that point in time, my mind tricked me to believe that there's so many people in here Many of them are entrepreneurs. Many of them are coaches as well. And they have 10 to 11 years of experience. These people have written books, textbooks. And I'm just a little boy about to address them. I almost stood up. I almost stood up and left. <laughs> I almost stood up and left. Because in that time, all I could see was Wow, in that time, all I could see was how inadequate I was. And as I'm thinking about it, I remember something Simon Sinek said. This is a long time. I heard this quite a long time ago. And he said that there's a feeling that we have when we're afraid. And this feeling is akin to the feeling we have when we're excited. I think he said it's adrenaline. And usually... When we are doing things we are afraid of, we have the feeling of anxiety. But sometimes, or we think we have the feeling of anxiety, but sometimes we just have the feeling of excitement. And because we have not learned to exist in a space where the feeling of adrenaline that comes with the excitement is channeled into the things that we are afraid of doing, we think that Everything is a matter of anxiety and fear. And as a result, I'm not going to do it. Flight, right? But he said that what he did for every speech that he gave or every keynote that he gave, whenever he felt that feeling, he started to think, wow, this is the feeling of excitement and not anxiety. 
This is the adrenaline of excitement. He changed his mindset in that space. And from there, everything started to shift. But before I get to that, before I get to how we deal with this, I just want to say that I understand. We talk to people about this and people just see us for the great that we are. But that's not always what we see in ourselves. People always see the big and majestic people that we are. And yes, in most cases, that really is who we are. But because we don't see it as much, we undermine ourselves, we undermine our achievements. We always think that we could have done better. We could be better. That we are not enough. And that we'll never be enough. I just want to say that today I understand. I get what you're saying. It makes so much sense. But it's false. It is false. You are more than your brain tricks you to be. You are more than your flaws, more than your inadequacies, no matter how much your brain magnifies them. You are so much more than you think. We sleep on the discovery of who we actually are. No, no, no. In fact, we already have discovered that. The issue now is believing it. The issue is... Pushing ourselves, making ourselves believe that we actually are what we already have discovered we are. It has to stop. It has to come to an end. You cannot live in the state of disbelief. You cannot live in a state of undervaluing yourself. And sometimes we think that nobody understands. It's not that nobody understands. People are just starting to see the value that you fail to see. The problem is not them. The problem is your perspective. But I do understand also, it happens to the best of us. (laughs) It really does happen. And I've dotted out the ways that I dealt with it. I dotted out the the ways that I, I dealt with imposter syndrome. I don't think that these are a definite... (laughs) they're not at all psychologically tested definitely not psychologically tested but this is the way that i overcame it and i think that this could help you this could help you change how you see yourself and not just in the fuzzy magical way of think out of it think out of it think out of it even though perspective and and mindset is important it's not only about that I came to the point of coming with practical ways of dealing with my imposter syndrome. The first one is I listened the amount of goals I had for the week or my to-do list for the day. How my goal setting process goes is that I have yearly goals. Then I break those goals into quarters. Then I break those goals into months. And then I break them into weeks. They make up my to-do list for the day. Right? So what I have to do to achieve my monthly goals, I do in my days. And what I have to do to achieve my quarterly goals, I do in my months. I hope it makes sense. 
I hope it does. So what I do is that now I've lessened my to-do list. If you know me <laughs> and you've seen my to-do list, you know that a short to-do list is not who I am. I used to have a to-do list that had 35 items. The highest I've had is 53 items in one day. And the problem with that, <laughs> the problem with that is that I fail a lot. And not the good failure. There is a better and good failure, but that's something we'll talk about in a different episode. But I failed a lot. So much that I started beating myself up. Why couldn't I operate at 100%? What was the issue? Is there an issue? But the problem was that I thought that having more goals would justify my importance to myself. It would justify my capabilities, eradicate my inadequacies, and make myself believe that I am great because I struggled to see it. So I always had to have more, always had to do more. And when I failed, I failed desminally. So it writes you off completely. I mean, what do you mean that you can't do these things that, that are supposed to validate you? What do you mean that you're failing to validate yourself by doing more and more and more? Come on, that means that, that, means that you can't do it. And that's what my brain did. Because I kept adding more. So I listened that. And how did I do that? That goes into the second thing. I became intentional about what I do. Maturity. In fact, I heard this on a podcast today and it said, one of the characteristics of a person who is on genius level is energy conservation. It's the understanding that you don't have to do everything, that you don't have to do more. There is a huge difference between work and intentional work. And the difference lies in asking the question, will this help in the bigger picture? In the bigger scheme of things, will what I'm doing at this very moment contribute to the bigger picture? And usually when I looked at the things that I had on my to-do list, they didn't. I was just doing work. More work and more work because my sense of validation lied in doing more, but there is more fulfillment in doing less well. I like how these things always fall into each other and I never really see it until I start speaking about it. The third one is then start recording my wins even the small ones. So intentionality is also a huge deal here because firstly, I lessened the amount of goals that I made. Then I became intentional about the things that I do in the criteria of does this add in a significant way to the bigger picture. Then the third thing was that I started recording all my wins, even the small ones, even the little wins. Because I've realized the thing of the thing about imposter syndrome is that it highlights all the negative things 
that you forget to actually have a list of wins. You forget your list of W's. So I became intentional about listing down my W's. Even the little ones. I woke up consistently at 4am for the entire week. That's a little win to someone else. That's huge to me. I recorded that. I stopped saying um and like when I spoke. Definitely a huge win. I looked this person in the eye. That's a huge win. I started writing every day. I wrote a page. I wrote a paragraph. That's a huge win. I did my bed. That's a huge win. I did it consistently for the entire week. That's a huge win. Now what it does is that it shifts your perspective. Even though your brain consistently highlights your inadequacies, what it does is that it shifts your focus. I tried this with one of my mentees and we did it. For a weekend, she was supposed to find 20 wins. I don't remember the the exact number, but I remember she had to find a number of wins within a day, within her days, right? Within her weekend, actually. And she had to dot it down. At the end of the weekend, she had to send me a list. It shifted her perspective because she stopped focusing on the losses and she started appreciating even not appreciate you don't have to appreciate them at that moment in time but you just have to look for them and the process of actively looking for the wins that that is the game changer so i started listing the small wins i have seen That you have to build a repertoire for yourself, to yourself. You have to be the person that proves to yourself that you have the ability to win when your brain tells you you can't. You have to be the person that highlights and emphasizes the small wins as wins. Even though you don't appreciate them, then they are still wins. And when you stack them against your losses, your wins have to be more. And that's, <laughs> that's the trick. If the, your brain is going to trick you into believing that you are not good enough, that you have more losses and inadequacies than your wins, then you have to stack your wins against your inadequacies. You have to trick your brain. It's the same way we build habits. Habits are literally you tricking your brain into doing something without recognizing that you're doing it. That's the whole point. The whole point of building a habit is to make sure that your brain automatically does it even though consciously you wouldn't want to do it. So if you can do it with your habits, you can do it with your wins. I stacked my wins against my losses and I saw that the list of my wins is so much more. It's so much longer than my flaws. And that changed everything. That changed everything. The fourth thing I did is that I created a body of knowledge. I recently talked about the School of Icons. The School of Icons is a body of knowledge. One of the reasons I started the School of Icons was because I couldn't, I couldn't really 
quantify what I knew. And as a result, I always doubted it. I always doubted that I couldn't help someone build their business. I always doubted that I couldn't take someone from zero to 100,000 a year in less than six months. Now they're growing exponentially because I just didn't have it quantified. It's the same thing as stacking, but now I'm quantifying the body of knowledge that I always doubt. Now, when I stand on a stage and I speak and I address people, I I can't even tell you how many books I have. (laughs) I actually have a list of books that I've written on my notion. Most of them, a huge chunk of them are part of the school of icons, actually. But I had to quantify the knowledge that I had, which was also the knowledge that I undermined and the achievements that I undermined. So what I had to do is that I had to quantify the body of knowledge that I had, which was usually also the knowledge in which I had doubted. And I realized that the intangibility of the knowledge made me doubt it. The intangibility of the achievement made me doubt it. The fact that I invested years and years and years into understanding my industry, understanding my career to a point where I can actually help someone build their business to a point where I can actually help someone achieve their goals, build themselves and be a mentor. So I had to quantify the knowledge that I had, which was also the knowledge that I doubted. And then that made me see after I have a list of these books, right? After seeing this list of these books, after seeing the school of icons and putting those in my list of wins, my list of W's, what I saw is that I actually know what I'm doing. Now it's very difficult for my brain to think, oh, you don't know what you're doing. No, (laughs) I have tangible proof. I have tangible proof. The fifth thing is that I changed the strategy of approach. I made the decision that I am going to stop being the victim. I am going to stop being the victim of my own flaws. The victim of my own mind. I decided that I am going to be in control now. I do this thing before I speak. I look myself in the mirror and I speak to myself. (laughs) A friend of mine has seen me do it. And I, I, I say to myself, hey, man, are you good? <laughs> I'm good. We are doing this. Not because this was luck, not because this was a connection. We are doing this because we are supposed to be here. We are doing this because we have dedicated time and energy to creating a craft, molding it and perfecting it to a point where we are called to do this. We are supposed to be here, bro. (laughs) We are supposed to be here. We are supposed to be in the space to contribute to this body of knowledge. We are supposed to change these people's lives. The very point of all of this The very reason that God placed you in this space is because you are supposed to be here. I stopped being a victim to my imposter syndrome. It's not easy. It's possible. 
it's possible to be the person that stands above your imposter syndrome. It's possible to put your foot down and say, baby boy or baby girl, this has to stop. You are worthy. You are definitely worthy. And those are the five things that I did. These five things helped me reshape my mindset. They built me up. Facing imposter syndrome now is, is, it does definitely happen. However, I've just changed how it affects me. I have stopped being a victim. I have stopped existing within victim mentality. And now when I look at myself and I approach imposter syndrome, it has to be a totally different way. And what I love, I think the win, <laughs> I should write this down. The win in all of this is not that I no longer have imposter syndrome. And that is not the aim. Or oh, well, I have not seen a person who's just stopped having it. My thing is that my win is that my bounce back time has decreased. That I bounce back as quickly as possible. It doesn't take as long as it used to. Now I am much more clearer because I have placed these methods, these systems into my life in such a way that they, they enrich me. That I have no choice but to see my wins. I have no choice to, but to see how great I am. I have no choice but to see what I can do because I've stacked. I've stacked, I've become intentional. And that is what I give to you today. This is our podcast for this week. Yes, we are trying. <laughs> I repeat, trying, trying. This is probationary. We are trying to drop every week. Things have changed. My schedule has opened up. By the grace of God. <laughs> but things have changed and I really want to dedicate myself to pouring out, pouring out as much as possible, especially because I think the season is that season for me. The season of pouring out as much as possible so that when the time comes and I'm supposed to take in, I don't have things laying around, dangling around that still need to go out. So we are trying probationary. <laughs> we are trying to drop every week and this is the podcast for this week I hope that you go out into the world and you become great that you see yourself in a different light that you stack these wins against your losses and you see how great of a person you are that you start convincing yourself that you are more than your mind magnifies that you are more than your mind dictates that you can be greater than the world wants you to be you are capable. Your inadequacies do not make you. You are worthy. You can do it. Don't forget to go on Iconoclast on Instagram to like, follow and contact us. Tell us what you think about today's podcast. Or you can go to my personal Instagram account at Amadi Ahaneku underscore icon or Chidi Amadi Ahaneku to find me on Instagram. Also, we have a TikTok account. Please go to our TikTok account and show us some love. Just a nice post, a nice hug. What, what do they do on TikTok these days? 
whatever these kids do on TikTok. <laughs> but a like and follow would be much appreciated. Comment, engage with us, tell us what you think. Thank you for joining us until this far. This is Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, and as they say in my Igbo language, Dalu. Thank you.